Welcome to the Citizens Youth Podcast. Citizens Youth is a ministry of Northwest Gospel Church in Vancouver, Washington. Citizens is a community of students who are learning to live for Jesus. We meet every Wednesday at 7 p.m. To find out more, visit us online at nwgospel.com forward slash citizens. Let's open up our Bibles to Proverbs. You guys have been living life in the verbs. Proverbs chapter 9. We're going to be in Proverbs chapter 9 tonight. Proverbs chapter 9. I feel like we can make a song about Proverbs chapter 9, but we're going to be in verses 13 through 18 for those that are interested. So go to the book of Proverbs about halfway through your Bibles, and then you're going to look for the giant 9 and then the little 13. Giant 9, little 13. Because we forget sometimes as Christians that the way that we read our Bibles is actually a little bit of a church thing. So I want to make sure that everyone is on the same page tonight. So Proverbs chapter 9, verse 13. And I want to read this for us, and then I want to pray, and then we are going to dive into God's Word tonight. And here's what I believe about God's Word. I believe that God's Word is for many, many things. And I particularly believe God's word to be a whole entire narrative, an entire arc of story that should lead us and point us back to Jesus. Everything about the Bible should point us and lead us back to the person of Jesus. The Old Testament should be us anticipating Jesus. The New Testament and the the story of the, the gospel account should be really that of Jesus. And then afterwards, especially with the Pauline letters and others, this should be, here's now how we live now that Jesus has come on the scene and has changed everything. I believe that with all that I am. Jesus is more than just the reason for the season. I couldn't help it because we're talking about Christmas already. He's so much more than that. I'm telling you that to know and to interact with the person of Jesus, especially through his word and through just life in general, the way that you view the very fabric of the universe will be different after encountering him. So I want to help us encounter him tonight. So Proverbs chapter 9, verse 13 through 18, let's get there. It says this, the woman folly is loud. She is seductive and knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house and she takes a seat on the highest places in town. Calling to those who pass by who are going straight, everyone say straight, straight on their way. Whoever is simple, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks sense, she says, stolen water is sweet and the bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there and her guests are in the depths of Sheol. Let me pray for us. God, we love you so incredibly much. And Father, I know, even just speaking from my personal life, I know that there are many of us in this room who have, have stumbled, have fallen today, who have um, walked against your ways, and we've, uh, we've maybe just kind of gone our own way today, even. Maybe it's been a week, a month, a year. Maybe our entire lives have been lived for ourselves. So Father, I pray that tonight as we gather in your house, I pray that as so many gather all over Clark County on a Wednesday night to just come together as youth ministries across this great county of ours, that we would just know you. Father, may your presence rest in this place. May we focus on who you are and may you teach us something new about yourself. We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. So we're continuing our conversation in the book of Proverbs. Okay. Proverbs is one of those books that was written by a guy by the name of King Solomon. Y'all know what King Solomon is by now, I'm guessing, right? Okay, yes. I'm seeing some confused faces. Okay, so King Solomon was at first this. He was a king. Um, but there's an interesting story about King Solomon because, see, King Solomon wrote 
in fact, quite a few books in the Hebrew scriptures, book of Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, Job, Song of Songs. These are what is known as the wisdom literature, now known as the wisdom literature in our, in our, in our Bibles. And what's interesting about King Solomon is that these are called the wisdom literature for a reason, and you're kind of going, what gives King Solomon any reason to write so extensively about wisdom? Well, there's a story in 1 Kings chapter 3 that gives us some insight into this, where Solomon is kind of brought into a trance or a dream of some sort, and God meets with him, and God says, you can ask anything that you want. Psalm's like, okay, well, since you're such an awesome God, you're so good to my father David, right? This is, this is King David's son, that you're so great and you're so wonderful, I am gonna ask for discernment. I wanna be able to, be able to tell what's right from what's wrong. I, I want to be able to step into situations and kind of know those gray areas and know what to do. God, I wanna ask for wisdom. And so God says, okay, since you did not ask for riches or glory or long life or anything else that you know, most kings would have asked for, I will give you wisdom. In fact, you will be the wisest man to ever walk the earth. And because you didn't ask for all the riches and glory, I will actually give that to you as well. So not only will I give you much wisdom, heavenly wisdom, but I will also give you riches unlike anyone has ever seen before or ever will after. Now, this sets us up in a very unique way. And if you've heard that story, I tell you that for this reason. There's a duality with Solomon. Solomon has a duality about his very nature. If you read the story of Solomon and you get into the narrative of kind of what he is like, Solomon is interesting in this because, see, God doesn't stop there. He knows Solomon's heart and he says this. He says, okay, I'm going to give you all this, but, but, you must follow in my ways. If you follow in my ways, I will lengthen your days. If you follow in my ways, everything's gonna be good. If you follow in my ways, I'm gonna be right there with you the whole time and it's gonna go sweet for you, Solomon. But if you step out of them, there's only destruction waiting for you. So Solomon's like, okay, cool, sounds good. And Solomon and his story, I love Solomon's story because I believe it really shows the duality that we may have on all of us, this sense where Solomon is incredibly wise, incredibly wise. There are stories, in fact, right after that story in chapter, uh, chapter four of 1 Kings. I mean, you guys know the story of the two prostitutes that come to King Solomon? You guys know the story at all? Okay, a few of you. Let me catch the rest of us up. So this is the wisdom of King Solomon. King Solomon has two prostitutes that come to him and says, hey, look, this is my baby. And the other lady's like, no, this is my baby. It's the same baby. I don't know why I went two different directions. That's my fault. Anyway, same baby. They're like, that's my baby. And King Solomon's like, well, okay. I know what we'll do. Let's cut the baby in half. That was my reaction when I read it first. Like, what? This guy's a nutcase. No, no. He's like, cut the baby in half. Yeah, just go ahead. That's fine. Hey, you got a sword? Hey, Jimmy, Jimmy, grab your sword. Yeah, yeah bring, we're going to cut this baby in half. Right? Like, like, let's do this. And the one, like, the first prostitute's like, okay, that sounds great. Who is this lady? Like, come on, woman. Like, anyway, but she's like, sure, that sounds good. But the other lady is like, no, 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 no. Don't kill the baby, which should be probably all of our reaction. But anyway, she's like, don't kill the baby. She can have him because I want this baby to live. And King Solomon's like, oh, well, 
<laughs> you've obviously proven yourself to be the real mother because you didn't want a baby to die. Now, I find that story a little bit humorous, but it's true in his approach to wisdom. Right? His approach to wisdom was he actually had even queens coming from different areas and coming and they would sit and talk about wisdom. Everything about Solomon's life was just wisdom drenched. And then on the other hand, you had the selfish fool that was King Solomon. King Solomon had over 300 wives and 500 concubines. Oh, like, yikes. Solomon had a love for a woman that, that is not anything like we know today. And I wanna just make something really, really clear. Just because that polygamy is in scripture does not mean that it's God saying yes to it. Okay, so I wanna make that really clear. It's in there because it happened. And the Bible's given us the facts, the fact that Solomon, yikes, dude. It also talks about Solomon and his greed in that actually because God had lavished him so much that gold and silver in his kingdom were as common as stone. This guy had a duality about him. When he was walking close with God, it was so good and the things that he did alongside God were absolutely incredible. But then when he stepped outside of that and he listened to himself, he listened to his own voice, he listened to what he wanted, he walked in the way of the fool. Tonight, we are gonna talk about Lady Folly or the fool. And what's interesting is as you go through the book of Proverbs, Solomon is writing at kind of the back half of his life and he uses an illustration all throughout the book of Proverbs. You have Lady Wisdom, which Courtney talked about a few weeks ago, right? You've already covered Lady Wisdom, beautiful. So some of this should hopefully be your just like review. I'm just catching us all up here. Lady Wisdom is one of the illustrations that King Solomon uses and Lady Folly is the other illustration that King Solomon uses. What I find so interesting about this is King Solomon had a beautiful take and a beautiful understanding of the Torah, okay, of the Hebrew scriptures. He had a great understanding of this. So what he's doing is he's drawing on the reader who's gonna be reading this wisdom literature. He's drawing on what we should already know. All the way back in the book of Genesis. Who was the first woman? Somebody help me out. Eve, thank you very much. Gold stickers and stars for you, right? Eve. Now, Eve was an interesting character in and of herself. So you guys know the story. God creates everything, creates mankind. He's like, hey, Adam, you know, like, name all the animals, and there's no helper suitable. And so he says, I'm going to make a helper suitable for you, Adam. That word helper in Genesis is a little bit of a rough translation. It's a little bit of a rough translation. It is what the word means. The, word, the Hebrew word is azer, A-Z-A-R, azer. And it's a beautiful word, but what we've done in our English is we've kind of softened it into helper, which has, I think, given us a lot of credit to say things like, yes, women, you're nothing more than a helper. Like, like somehow, women, you are, you're, like, you're down here and you're to support man. That's how it's gotten translated, and I think that's why a lot of reasons why we have so much like, patriarchalness in our world is because that, even just that word, Right? Men love to use that as a you're, just, you're, you're the helper. Let me clarify something tonight for you citizens. Let me, let me clarify something for you tonight. That word azer is a powerful word. It is so much closer to that of completion, aid, and even salvation. To put it in context, the Holy Spirit is called our azer. So women in this room, ladies in the room, you are not a helper. You are not a support structure. No, you are the completion of humanity. 
That's what that term actually would be being called. You need to see yourself in that light, ladies. That you are a completion to humanity because Adam by himself was not complete. Male and female together is complete humanity realized. And so Solomon is drawing on this knowledge of knowing what it means to have Eve as this salvation, this completion, this aid, this, this second. In, I mean, just right alongside Adam, this are two people complete walking alongside, participating in creation. It's beautiful. That's Lady Wisdom. In Solomon's mind, that's Lady Wisdom. But we also know the other story about Eve. Eve was deceived and handed the apple to her husband and humanity fell. And so we have Lady Folly. And there's a really, like we could sit here all night, this is the stuff I nerd out about. This is the stuff that you sit and you just read through the Hebrew scriptures and you see all these parallels and all this inner workings almost underneath the soil that this is what Solomon would have been drawing on that as, as Jewish readers that would have been reading this, this would have been in the back of their mind. You have Lady Wisdom and Lady Folly. And so Solomon's gonna draw on some of what we know about even Eve and other women all throughout scripture of, okay, we have wise woman, Right, our azer, our salvation, completion, our aid, and we have deceived, fool, folly. And again, it goes back to this duality. So going back, woman folly, this is in verse 13. Woman folly is loud. She is seductive. She knows nothing. She sits at the door of her house and takes a seat in the highest place in town, calling to all those who walk by. This is what she does. Those who are going straight on their way. The reason I had you put the word, like repeat the word straight is what do we say all the time as a Christian walk? I'm walking on the what? Straight and narrow. Following me? So as Christians are walking on the straight and narrow, right? As, as, as Christians are walking in the way of Yahweh, the way of God, we're like, yep, I'm on the right road. I'm going, Lady Folly's yelling from her house on the hill, Hey, hey, you, you down there. Hey, I'm up here. You guys can come and hang out if you want. I got treats in the back. It's cool. Like this is borderline her driving up in a windowless van. All right, I'm just being real. Like this is borderline like kind of creepy because she's calling and she's saying like, hey, hey, whoever's simple, just get, come over here, come over here. Tim lacks sense. She's like, well, no, no, stolen water is sweet. Bread that's eaten in secret, oh, it's so good. Right, she's just drawing on what, just the temptation of even food. The very nature of who we are, she's drawing and she's like, it's so good to do it this way. But he does not know that the dead are there and her guests are in Sheol. If you're writing notes, why don't you write this down. The way of the fool is realized when we listen and obey to ourself. The way of the fool is realized when we listen and obey the voice of self. An easier way to put that, if you're looking for a nice easy quote, the voice of our way or the voice of Yahweh. This is what we are coming to tonight. We have two options. We have a duality. When it comes to lady wisdom or lady folly, when it comes to walking the way of the fool or walking the way of the wise, as we read all through Proverbs, as you guys continue to study through this book, really we have two questions. Are we gonna listen to our way or are we gonna listen to the voice of Yahweh? 
I'm going to get more into the listen and obey in a minute. But I want to draw out three things that I find in this passage that are really interesting that I think are going to help us in 21st century Clark County. And they are this, verses 13 and 14. What is it? The fool is loud, seductive, but she knows nothing. How many of you have social media? Okay, those who don't have your hands up, either you're lying or I totally applaud you for not having social media. Well done. Anyway, social media. How many of you guys watch television? Netflix is to also television, like Netflix. Or okay, yeah, yeah. Netflix is television without commercials. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, so, um, right? How many of y'all listen to the radio, music, Spotify, right? All of it. You guys, okay. Do you understand all of that? Plus, how many of y'all have friends at school? Okay, can you just give me one? How, how many? Uh, yes. Okay. Okay, easy now. How many of y'all are on a sports team or like a drama team or like some kind of, I don't know, like something? You all have just like a team of people around you? Band counts, absolutely. Yeah, band teams, yeah, all right. Do you guys not realize that all of that, those are influencers? Do you guys not realize that all of that is turning up 11 in our culture saying, listen to me? Every little thing you have there, every little bit, listen to me. That's what it's saying. Think about it. What is our music saying to us constantly? What is the portrayal that our music has for us? I'm not gonna go down that road, especially if you listen to hip hop. We're not gonna go there, this is church, all right? But even like something relatively innocent, it's all about like love, butterflies, and rainbows, and man, if you just find that right person, you're gonna be complete inside, right? You watch movies, Netflix included, right? Movies, Netflix, show, whatever it is. All of it is, hey, guess what? Especially if you have commercials. It is then this. Buy this thing. Get this thing. Be in this relationship. Be in that relationship. Or even better, don't be in a relationship at all just to keep your options open. Right? Like These are the things that are influencing us all the time. And do we even notice? Do we even notice? Because see, the way of the fool is loud. It's seductive. It's things that want to draw you in. They're, they're using every technique that they possibly can. Do you understand that in our culture, we are actually commodities that are being sold and sold to? Do you understand that about our culture? If you don't understand about our culture, I implore you to pay attention. <laughs> you are simply a marketing tool, one way or another. Even the clothes that we buy, unless you're wearing a black shirt with nothing on it, you are literally a representation for Vans, Nike, Adidas. I mean, I can gap. I can just go through, like, even your school, right? It's like, yeah, rip it. Like, guys, these are all influences. You're a walking billboard with everything that you are. And guess what? Guess what? The thing of the fool is that usually foolish people, I don't know how many of you guys have interacted with people, that, I interact with people like this all the time. People that are foolish, you start having conversation with them about something. Like, let's, let's give an example. Matt and I are big Apple guys. What up? How many of y'all are Android fans in here? Anybody? Okay, that's cool. Now, listen to a conversation between an Apple fan 
and an Android fan. This is the most fun you'll have all week, trust me. Like just, like just throw out like the new iPhone 11 and be like, what do you all think? And then just step back and just watch the chaos because they'll start going toe to toe. And here's the thing I love about those conversations. See, the, the wise person, the one that actually knows their stuff and can actually carry a conversation and knows that obviously Apple's the better option, but knows, like knows their stuff, that, that they'll, they'll sit and they're, they're calm. They have this demeanor about them that's actually very steady, very trustworthy, that at, at what they say, you're like, wow, yeah, that, that's kind of an interesting point. Yeah, I never really, really thought about that before, yeah. But then, see, on the other side, Someone who maybe doesn't know as much. Maybe somebody who is just like, I just bought this phone, I know nothing about it, but man, I love it, and it's great, whatever. But do you ever notice that this is how this conversation goes? Oh yeah, you say this, I say that, well, I say this, and I say that. I'm the person that doesn't know anything. You see this, you say that. No, 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 you don't understand. No, no, no that's, that's wrong. No, see, what you don't understand. It's, it's so awesome. Like, dude. Have you ever had a conversation like this? If you haven't, throw out the Apple Android conversation and just take a step back. You will see it. Because see, the way the fool, the person that doesn't actually know much, because again, the way the fool is loud, seductive, and empty. She knows nothing. The way the fool knows nothing. This is our culture. Our culture loves to sell you sugar for your soul. And it's loud, it's obnoxious, it's bright, it's flashy, but it does you no good. Verses 15 through 18, really, the way the fool is that of the deceiver, right? It's the enticing nature, is everything they can do, any angle that they can take in order to draw you in and draw you off of your straight way. If you're walking in the way of Jesus, if you're walking in the way of Yahweh, you are on the straight, righteous, narrow path, and those who are foolish will do anything they can to pull you off of it. Because see, the way of the wise is foolish to the fool. The way of the wise is foolish to the fool. That doesn't make sense to them. Why would you live that way? Why wouldn't you do this instead? Why would you wait in a relationship when you can have just this buffet of whatever, you know, all over, the, why not? It doesn't matter, right? It's, just, it's whatever, it's just two people, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if you, if you mean like, you got trouble doing this or that, it doesn't matter, I mean, you're under so much stress, like, why don't you take this to help? Right? The deceiving nature of a fool is actually very powerful. And if you're not walking in the way of the wise, you will be deceived. The third thing I recognize about the fool is this, that the fool is undisciplined. The fool loves the easy way out. See, Jesus was tempted in the desert with the easy way out. Satan was like, look, hey, look, I got all the kingdoms right here, right in front of me, right here. Jesus, look at them all. I got this. And if you will only simply bow down to me, all of this will be yours. All of it. That's the easy way out. Moses on Mount Sinai, looking out over the promised land, and God looks at him and he says, there it is, Moses. This is everything that I've been promising you. This is everything I have to give you. It's right there. Go ahead and you take it. Go ahead. Go in and take it. But I'm not going. I'm not going. And Moses looks right at God and says, well, then neither are we. 
then neither are we. Are we so concerned about the easy way? Are we so deceived by the easy way? Do we look at the good things and we're like, yep, that's what I want, give it to me now, I'm not gonna put any more thought into it, it's mine. Is that not the way of our culture? Man, our culture has gotten so good about flashing up all kinds of different things and, and using distraction and whatever else just to try to sell us something. I don't know if, how many of you guys like ever work out or know, or like, you I mean, see those late night infomercials, right? Back in my day, it was, man, get ripped quick in 90 days, right? Like, it was always 90 days. That was like the key time where it was like, I, you can look like this and be like just, ooh, in 90 days. Like, that was the promise, 90 days. It's a quick, quick, quick 90 days. Now, I was watching an infomercial the other day, and it was like, you can look like this, and in two weeks, like, what are you going to, like, eat water and lettuce? Like, my goodness. Like, two weeks and you're going to be like, well, come on. But our culture, like, we thrive off that. We're like, no, no, no. What is the least amount of work in the least amount of time? Give me that option. Give me that option. Friends, I'm here to tell you tonight that is the way of the fool. The way of the fool. If you want to step in wisdom that God has for you, to actually live a life that is full of wisdom and life, and not just like the good life, we're talking about the abundant life. We're talking about a life that is not experienced by many. <laughs> if you want that kind of a life, walk in the way of Jesus, but it's not a quick fix. It is a long road, and it's hard, and there are no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts, but the way of the fool is that of the shortcut, the quick fix, the easy way out. Again, I ask you, are you in your life, you need to make this decision. These are decisions that you have in front of you to make or not make. The choice is absolutely yours. I can't want it bad enough for you. Courtney can't want it bad enough for you. Sam can't want it bad enough for you. No one can want it bad enough for you. Are you gonna listen to the voice of yourself or the voice of Yahweh? Are you gonna listen to the voice of self or are you gonna listen to the voice of God? And I wanna put something before you tonight that I truly believe is where everything can be wrapped up. All throughout the Hebrew scriptures, all throughout the New Testament, even through Paul's letters, all that I hear over and over and over and over again. And I tell, I think I may have told you guys this last time I was here, and maybe I said it at camp too, I don't know. The mark of a Christian. Do you listen and obey? How many of y'all have heard me say that before? Have I said it here before? Good. And this is, should be great review, and you should know it by tomorrow, because I've said it three times, okay? <laughs> listen and obey. Adam and Eve in the garden, right? Are you gonna listen and obey? They did not, so there were consequences. Noah, are you gonna listen and obey? Moses, are you gonna listen and obey? All throughout scripture, Jesus, are you gonna listen and obey? Disciples, are you gonna listen and obey? Paul, are you gonna listen and obey? You can go through the entire history book and really the question at the end of the day is are you going to listen and obey to the voice of God? And that is again, only your decision. But I wanna warn you, there is a caveat with this. There are times 
there are times where God will come to you and ask you to do something very specific. There'll be times where you're at a crossroads and you know that God is asking you to do something even if you don't want to do it. And you know what? That might be your big moment to listen and obey. Because I'm telling you right now, God came to Noah how many times? Once. He's like, hey, I need you to build a boat. It's gonna sound crazy. I need to put like a bunch of animals on there and I need you to like build it a certain way and like, and I know it hasn't rained in a long time, but I need you to build it. And then like nothing happened and he built it for a long time. Like we're talking like over a hundred years he built this thing and he remained faithful. But I tell you what, Noah chose to listen and obey, but imagine if he didn't. Imagine if he didn't. I don't think we would be here. Right? You don't even know the consequences that may be after a decision that God is coming to you with. And to you it may seem so silly or dumb or like or insignificant. The question you have to wrestle with is are you going to listen and obey? The way of the fool it leads to destruction. I tell you that tonight. The way of the fool leads to destruction. I'm gonna have the worship team come forward and get ready to go. We're gonna wrap up here. Because I wanna close with this thought as you guys kind of shuffle and get back into things and you're all like, okay, we get a moment to refocus. Because I believe that King Solomon's words to us, even as 21st century Christians, is this, is that the way of the fool leads to destruction. But because we live on the other side of the cross, for those who maybe haven't heard it before, I want to tell you something, and even if you have heard it, I want to remind us a thousand times. The way of Jesus brings life. The way of walking in wisdom, that brings life. I always put this out to teenagers because I feel like no matter how many times I say it, it always seems like I'm saying it for the first time. I'm wondering how many of you are sitting here tonight and you're so tired of living in constant regret. So many of you are sitting here tonight and you're doing things, you're involved in things, you're whatever, you're actively even seeking out certain things and in your soul, you're like, I should not be doing this. This is not good for me. This relationship is toxic, right? Or this, this activity is leading to my destruction. But whatever it is, that we, we do these things and we're like, I know this is not what I should be doing. But we continue to do it and so then therefore we live in regret. Every day we wake up and we feel like we have to just constantly feed that regret. We feel like we have to constantly feed whatever it is that we keep doing because we don't know the way out. Friends, I want to tell you tonight, the way out is Jesus. The way out is confession, which is the hardest thing to do, no matter if you're a Christian or not, to pull somebody in that you trust and say, look, man, life is brutal right now, and I need some help. There's no shame in that. So friends, tonight, if you are walking in the way of the fool, know that once you are there, because again, it sounds so enticing, the fool has trapped many of us. It sounds so good, but at the bottom, only the dead are there. I'm telling you tonight that the way of Jesus brings life and life abundant.
Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you do not leave us abandoned here on earth. You didn't leave us in such a way that we are so constantly concerned about our stuff and what's going on and that we have to figure this out or that somehow it's, it's up to us to make sure that we do the right things in order to earn your favor. God, I thank you that you are a God that said, no, I, I love them too much. So you came down in flesh and you came down to rescue humanity. God, even knowing full well that we walk like fools. We walk in such a way that so, it just completely disregards whatever it is that you are asking us to do. We walk in that daily. And yet you still came even while we were sinners and died for us. Father, I want to pray and ask specifically for anyone in this room who is struggling in the way of the fool. Struggling in a way of, of thinking that somehow they know everything or whatever, and they're just, they're just loud and they, they walk around just feeling so insecure because they're like, at the end of the day, they don't even know really who they are. Father, I want to pray specifically for those of us in this room who walk with you, who call ourselves Christians, who are maybe leadership here at this church or in this youth group. We're saying, yes, Jesus, I'm on the team. I'm ready to go. I want to be discipled. And then we continue just to fall into the way of the fool. Father, I pray over this group and I pray over this church that you would bind the enemy. Father, you would bind the enemy in the things that they are doing, the things that they're trying to accomplish, the visions that they've cast forward, the mission that they are on. I pray that you would bind the enemy in individual lives, that as they're trying to figure out life, as it's loud enough as it is, as stressful as it is, as anxiety-ridden as it is, everything that they're going on in their life, they're so busy. <laughs> Father, I pray for peace in the name of Jesus. I pray for rest and a break in the name of Jesus. And I pray that you would bind the enemy and his attacks and that in that moment of that peace and that break that we would come back to you. So Father, welcome us in your arms. We pray this in Jesus' name.